Welcome back to One Visit Away with your host, Kevin Fitzpatrick. This show focuses on true stories of philanthropy in order to understand what it takes to succeed in major gift fundraising. Listen to these stories and you'll realize you're just one visit away from a transformational experience for your benefactors and your organization. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the One Visit Away podcast. So in this episode, I am going to tell you a story of an adventure I had more than a decade ago um, out in the woods, and then I'm going to relate that to major gifts. So there's a point to this story. I'm not going to tell you the point just yet, but I'm going to take you along this journey, and then we will get there. So I'm going to share with you uh, kind of a funny story and then and then the serious one as we get later on. But anyway, the summer after my freshman year in college, I went with three friends on uh, an RV trip. Um, we we went from New Orleans to Arkansas. We spent it was like four or five days canoeing down the Buffalo River. You know, we'd sleep on the on the side of the river every night and then continue along until we got picked up by this, uh, you know, canoe rental place, uh, five days later and drove us back to the RV. And so we did that. And then we took the RV up to Roanoke, Virginia, where we were going to backpack on the Appalachian trail for like four or five nights. And so a, a few things about the Appalachian trail, we, there are the Appalachian Trail runs, I think it's from Georgia up to Maine, and it's over a thousand miles, and many people hike this all the way through. They call them through hikers. And then there are people like us that just do a section, and uh, and it's a big deal. There's this whole uh, culture around the Appalachian Trail that we didn't know about when we got started, and people call it the AT for short, so... So we, we get to Roanoke and we park our RV in this, you know, like gear store parking lot. And then the dude drives us like 60 miles away, um, where we're going to hike back to the RV over the next few days. And so, so we get started and the first person we meet the first day introduces himself to us as bear boots. And we're like, uh, what, what? what's the deal with the name bear boots? And he starts telling us, he starts educating us about all the stuff about the AT, including uh, all the hikers take on a trail name. And so he was a big guy and he went by bear boots. He was a really interesting character. He was probably like late thirties. He said he'd just been living on his dad's couch, not doing anything. And one day his dad was like, you got to go do something. And he, for whatever reason, he decided I'm going to go hike the Appalachian trail. But anyway, Bear Boots was uh, telling us about several several pieces of terminology on the AT. And one of them has to do with blazes. So when you're hiking on the AT, there are white you know, uh, paint marks on trees along the path that are called blazes that let you know you're on the right path because some of it's pretty, you know, thick, not that well maintained. And you got to know which way to keep going on this path. And so those are white blazes. And then yellow blazes lead you to a road. And then blue blazes will lead you to um, a source of water. So it's like taking you off the, the main trail and taking you to these other things. And 
Bear Boots was telling us, he said something like, you know, uh, I think I'm going to do some yellow blazing pretty soon. And we're like, what the heck does that mean? And he tells us that's when you follow a yellow blaze down to a road, hitchhike, and then take it forward to to some you know further location down the Appalachian Trail. And so he's telling us about yellow blazing, and then blue blazing is where you take a blue blaze to a source of water, and then you like canoe or kayak for a section and then pop out further along on the trail. Now, we didn't think anything of this at the time, but later on, we start encountering uh, more people and somehow bear boots comes up in conversation because people people who have been doing this hike for weeks or months they know each other and people are starting to talk about bear boots and how he's just such a he's such a dirt bag for yellow blazing people through hikers that take every step on the appalachian trail think that blue blazers and yellow blazers are just trash and so and so we all think this is just hilarious you know with no no dog in the fight uh just how serious people are about this and and so anyway we we hear the stuff about bear boots and i tell you that uh there will there will be a point to this story later on and we have our we have our trip um we wind up we wind up having, you know, a great experience, so much fun. I could tell you hours of stories from that trip, but I'm going to fast forward towards the end. So the last the last day of of the trip, we decided our plan was to do one more night. It was like we woke up one morning and the original plan was we're going to hike, you know, something like 8 miles um or maybe it was 10 miles and then we were going to go to sleep and then we're going to wake up the next day and finish up the last six miles. It was something like that. But for whatever reason, uh, some of the dudes in our group were like, like, I just want to be done with this. It was, it was intense, the hiking. And so people were ready to, to get back, uh, into the comforts of modern living. So we decided, you know what, we're not going to do, one more night we're just gonna hike these last 16 miles in one go and we're just gonna be we're gonna be back in the rv tonight and so (laughs) so we're hiking along we come to uh one of the i forget what they're called they're like campsites i guess and there's um there's like an outhouse and um a little structure you could put your tent under to um keep you out of the rain whatever and so we stop at this last like campsite that morning and we're not going to stay there. We're just, I don't know, taking a break or whatever. And at these campsites, there are little uh, like guest books almost that you can write in and, you know, people use their trail name and they'll leave messages for hikers that they know are coming along or people will just write things like, hey, if you, you know, head over here, there's a, there's a stream, you can refill your uh, your now jeans or whatever people just put little tips about the area or don't go over here for whatever reason and so we stop at this one spot <laughs> and and our friend timmy decides to leave a little note in the guest book and given our newfound uh interest in all this <laughs> in all this appalachian trail uh culture he decided to write a note uh, about bear boots and he wrote something like i took a picture of this years ago i think i got it somewhere but it was something like and i'll i'll make it pg for those listening but it was something like if anybody sees bear boots slap them 
he's a no good two timing yellow blazing SOB. <laughs> and so so Timmy leaves this note here, and we think Bear Boots is like way ahead of us on the trail because he's been doing this yellow blazing. And then after we write the note, we realize that some somebody tells us that he like spent I don't know, a night or whatever in some town and went to a bar or whatever. And so we realized he was behind us. So he was going to see our note probably, which uh, helped us pick up the pace a little bit more. But but anyway, we're doing this last day and it is brutal. I mean, this section of the Appalachian Trail has insane elevation gain. So it's just like up, down, up, down, really intense. And we were just exhausted. Um, I mean, 16 miles in one day, we've got like 35 or 40 pound bags on our back. And we were just done, you know, combined with the five days we'd spent canoeing right before this, we were exhausted, ready to be done. And we just had to keep pushing. And so we finally get there, you know, sun's like going down, we make it to the RV and I remember like just going around every turn, just like, please let this be the end. Please let this be the end. And we finally get there and we went to this restaurant and just got like burgers and pizza and just pigged out and it was incredible. But the reason I tell you this is immediately after that, we, <laughs> we take the RV back to New Orleans. There's some great stories there for another time, but get back to New Orleans. And then the next day, like I arrived on a Tuesday or something. And then on Wednesday, I was leaving with my family. We were driving up to Canada for a vacation. That's a whole nother story. But anyway, I remember being in Canada, uh, I think specifically in Quebec. And I was walking around and I had pulled, I'd, I'd messed up something with my Achilles tendon. Um, in one of my legs and it was like it was pulled I could like hear it moving it felt awful I mean my whole body ached like just when you hike that amount of time especially when you're not uh like used to it I guess it just destroys your body and so I mean I all of us just felt awful our bodies just everything aches everything hurts you got blisters you've pulled things you're just not feeling good physically. But I mean, you know, you just wake up, just everything sore. But the really interesting thing is I've never felt more accomplished in my life. Like that feeling when you finish up something physical in the outdoors, you just feel like you are unstoppable. And it's really interesting because like you're beat up and in your, you're in all this physical pain and like your body's legitimately uh, hurt, but you just feel like you can accomplish anything. And this is how it relates back to major gifts. And some of you are not going to like this message, but I think it's true. People leave organizations way too quickly, in my opinion, in the nonprofit world. Um. When I was working in Major Gifts, I was with the same organization for over seven years, and it was not easy. There were lots of extremely challenging times uh, where I almost quit, I almost left, and I kept moving forward. And a lot of people 
at the same organization came and went and they went on to do different things and they've taken many other jobs since then too. And I know everybody's got to make the decision that's right for them and their family and their unique situation. But if you can face dysfunction and troubled organizations and you can learn to navigate that and you can learn to say, hey, there's some problems here and I am going to work to resolve them. When you accomplish that and you've done everything that you can, when you leave, you feel like you can accomplish anything. You know, I had a a friend of mine not too long ago was going to leave an organization and they were going to leave because their boss wasn't behaving in the way that they thought they should. They thought they weren't, you know, doing X, Y, and Z for the good of the organization. And I challenged them to go have a conversation with their boss. I was like, have you ever directly addressed this with your leader? And they said, no. And I was like, well, why, why haven't you? Well, because I'm worried about X, Y, and Z. I don't think they're going to respond well. And so we talked about it and they decided to go have that really uncomfortable conversation and it went extraordinarily well and they're no longer leaving the organization. And so many times people throw in the towel too early. Now, if you didn't throw in the towel too early, I'm not talking to you. So don't take this as uh, an insult or something, but If you're thinking about it, I'm not saying don't leave an organization. What I am saying is make sure you put everything into it because the the two options are when you have no, I have done everything I can possibly do. You're either going to be successful and the organization is going to turn around or you will leave knowing I did everything that I could. You're never going to question, well, if I would have just done this. Could I have made the difference? And so that's what I want you to know is like, so when I did leave the organization I worked at, I had achieved what I thought was necessary and felt like a million bucks, felt like I could accomplish anything. Um, Even though there were some huge bumps along the path and uh, it was very challenging at times, I'm so glad that I stayed because I had, it's not just a feeling of like, oh man, I feel like I can accomplish anything. It's like, no, I I know that I can. I don't have a question of, well, if something's going to be really challenging, do I chicken out, do I leave early, or do I get the job done? And that's one of the greatest things I think you can have in your mindset, in your career, is knowing I am able to accomplish very difficult things even when I know it's going to be painful. And, you know, I, I think of there's there's a, a business dude I've been following lately. If you're on social media and you have anything to do with business, you've seen him, but his name is Alex Hormozy. And one of the things he talks about, it's a quote that he heard from somewhere. He doesn't know who said it. Um, and so I don't know who said it. But it's something like, it was something like children do their best Adults do what is required. And bringing it back to the Appalachian Trail, it's like you can't do your best 
and stop at mile 14. You have to do what's required, which is finishing the 16 miles, even though you are done. I think we were all out of water by the end of it too. And it was like, you got to do what's required. And that is not a message some people want to hear, but it is the truth. And so if you want to succeed, if you want to have incredible self-confidence, finish up strong with projects, with careers, with jobs, so that one, hopefully you'll achieve the desired outcome, or two, you will at least know I do what is required in these situations and come out on the other side stronger and it just builds up your self-confidence and it makes you extraordinarily attractive uh, in any future opportunity that somebody wants to hire somebody for. So that's the message for today. The most important thing in this podcast is never be a yellow blazer. <laughs> but honestly, more important than that, finish out strong, do what's required, and uh, go get a visit scheduled. That's what's required right now, I can assure you. If you are working in major gifts, you need to go get a visit scheduled right now. You probably know who it is you've been avoiding. This is your message to go make it happen now. So I hope this episode has inspired you to schedule more visits. After all, you're just one visit away from growing your mission and your impact.